I, I, uh, I'm really glad to, last week, I was supposed to get something in the mail from you guys, and then, Ooh. for whatever reason, it got delayed, and then we pushed this back to today, gotcha. and then, look oh, what showed came? up today, oh, yeah. perfect timing, yeah. dude, perfect timing. I know, I was super thrilled. Also... I want to let you guys know that I'm keeping the sticky notes on there because you guys drew little faces on top of your own face, bro. I laughed. I loved it. That's I loved um, it so much. Um, if I remember correctly, um, yeah, we we try to do the 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 merch stuff like together. Um, you know, yeah. we like to coordinate it, but logistically, sometimes it makes sense if like one of us just like pop by the post office. I think I remember seeing that vinyl, that record, and we had a show a few weeks back, mm. and we sold merch at the show and. Nick, our guitarist, vocalist, is the artist of, of our group. And um, I think he was just doodling on some of the vinyl that we had out. And yeah. I believe that's the one that you got. Oh, so that's super cool yeah. that he did that. <laughs> well, tell him that it's mm -hmm. now going to be part of my collection forever because I'm never going to remove them. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'll let him know that you got that one. That's awesome. <laughs> I was going to message you guys uh, when I ordered it because, mm -hmm. like, sometimes you got they, they the artist has it in their possession. Sometimes it's somebody else sends it and i wanted to message you guys yeah and i wanted to message you guys and be like hey could you sign it for me but i didn't oh. know where it was gonna be and i was like i don't want to ask that and then they'd be like we'd love to but we don't actually have one but right for sure um hey i i appreciate that um maybe right, i'll buy for... the green one and have you guys sign that right one. for yeah for future reference uh yeah we have we have all our merch um we don't go through like a third party store or anything mm -hmm. so yeah if you if you just send us a record, like we're pretty, you know, it's not like we get like a butt ton of like emails and whatnot. If that were the case, then like we'd be like, okay, we gotta like limit ourselves. But no, right. like feel free. Like we invite, we encourage our fans if they want to do something like that. Like we'd be happy to. That'd be awesome. Welcome to the Tune Junkies podcast. My name is Chris, and today I am here with Dan of Have a Good Season. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good. How are you? I so I have a question. You're a yeah, sure. The, the username on your uh, Discord thing was Saku. It, yeah. Is that a reference to Samurai Jack? Uh, I wish, but my oh, last name damn. my my last name is Sakumoto. Uh huh. Um, so uh, a lot of like one of my common nicknames is um, uh, other than just Dan uh, is mm -hmm. Saku, just like short. Saku. Um, and also um, because Have a Good Season has another Dan in the band, the bassist, Dan Statner. He also has two, the same initials as me. Two Dan? Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, so we're both DS. So um, when we talk to each other, it's I'm always Saku just because Saku. Dan is Dan. So, but yeah, <laughs> Dan both, is Dan. We're both, we're both Daniels. But yeah. I read I read your user username very dramatically. I was like, Saku. That's, like did that the, is the... <laughs> perfect. I think that's how I want everyone to be. Um, that's part of the lore now. Yeah, saying my my name. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So the first question we like to ask here on the Tune Junkies podcast is, mm -hmm. ha being a band from New Jersey, I have to ask the question, what mm. happened to Old Jersey? <laughs> old Jersey? I don't think I know the answer to that question. I think I've I don't only think ever I'm... known New Jersey. <laughs> um, I feel old, like, old enough where well i think new jersey has a lot of things going on for it um i was actually anticipating a i don't know if you know about pork roll and taylor ham um or that debate um because you're um you said you're from where in indiana are you based out of 
northern Indiana, like the the Notre Dame football team. No, okay, right. That okay, area. cool, cool, cool. Gotcha, mm-hmm. man. I I gotta. I've never been to Indiana. That's awesome. Um, You're not missing much. Let me tell you. You're not missing much. It's cheap to live here, but there's not a whole lot going on. Gotcha. Um, but hey, I'd, I'd love to. We'd love to roll by for sure. Uh, but yeah, the t- um, New Jersey, you know, Jersey Shore, Taylor Ham, pork roll, that whole. Deb- there's a lot of things about New Jersey that uh, people like to um, ask questions about for sure. Um, but I can what answer is, those questions if you want. <laughs> what is the? You said Taylor pork roll. What is? What were you? What is that? Oh, I, um, pork roll is like, and I'm gonna butcher like the the origin but it's a it's a breakfast like meat like if you, uh, it's like similar to like bacon canadian bacon uh, i thought pork roll, i thought sausage th- i thought these were names of people like i thought no. you were saying two people were having a debate and i'm like i oh, like debates man. tell me what's going on for sure but i mean it's, it's food uh, okay <laughs> it's it's yeah yeah it's um yeah it's a whole it's just a new jersey kind of thing it's pretty old like people are over it but it's 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 like um yeah it's just people from it's a North Jersey versus South Jersey or Central uh, Jersey. Okay. It's a regional kind of area right. um, debate or controversy. As to um, which breakfast sandwich is better? Uh, as to what it's called, because oh. essentially they're the same thing. Uh, but um, I believe the people from North Jersey call it Taylor Ham mm-hmm. um, based off of like the origin of the name or where it came from. Uh, or the the company that first started it, I don't I, I don't know. But um, and then pork roll is uh, South Jersey people or Central Jersey people like to call it that, and essentially it's the same thing. But hmm. I don't know the the name branding differed, and now it's a whole stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> and now but, it's divided our social medias. We've got yeah, gangs yeah, of people yeah, like pretty much <laughs> pork roll but, gang. What's up? Yeah, but it's so cool. It's like weird hearing you ha- have like you have absolutely no idea like um, no idea of this like New Jersey thing. Um, as as I don't know pretty much anything about like Indiana. So we've I, got I like Amish thing. people. We've got like um, Notre Dame. Um, what else we got? We've got IU, Purdue. It's a lot of sports Purdue. and religion. Mm. And then um, what do they call? It? They like midwestern what do they call it uh is it there's a there's a appropriate phrase for it but i'm blanking on it because but it's like midwestern courtesy it's just we're very Mm -hmm. uh one of the things we make fun of ourselves around here is a lot of people say ope like ope when they like bump into something or do say like oh oh it's just yeah it's just a thing that we all say and like i didn't realize it was a thing that i said until the Mm -hmm. internet told me that it was and I was like, "Oh, uh, I do say that all the time." I'm like, oh, rubbing sorry. Rubbing off on you. <laughs> yeah, it's That's gonna rub, on, rub off on me one of these days. <laughs> I feel like I That's, already say that, anyways. Like, I know. I think it's a thing that I. I don't think it's a strictly Midwestern thing. I think it's yeah. something people do, but I think it's something a lot of Midwesterners do. Yeah. So they're like, "Gotcha." You, you Hoosier folk say right, "ope" right, a right. lot. <laughs> but yeah, For we've a. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, that's not that's not actually the first question we like to ask. It's not it's not about what happened to old Jersey. Gotcha. We're not, gotcha, cons- gotcha. We're not look digging conspiracy questions. We could go. Yeah, we could go on and on <laughs> about New Jersey and old Jersey for sure. Someone call Alex Jones. I'm sure he has an answer. Oh, 
So the first question we actually like to ask is, what was your mm -hmm. first experience with live music? Um, uh, you mean me, just me, or uh, talking about Have a Good Season? Um, let's go with you personally. You per what was your first encounter with live music? Okay. Um, pretty standard. High school talent show, probably my first yeah. encounter with... Uh, well, I'll say first encounter with performing live music. But actual live music, like my first concert, um, mm -hmm. I believe I saw Blink. My first concert was Manchester Orchestra. So this was like year, like decades ago, or not right. decades, ago. maybe like a decade <laughs> he said ago, four hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe like ten years ago. Um, okay, I saw Manchester Orchestra when they were just, you know, taking off or doing their thing. Um, mm -hmm. Not really anything. And then uh, I believe they were opening, and then it was. My uh, my Chemical Romance and then Blink One Eighty Two. Oh was my the, god! Yeah, it was the I think it was called the Honda Civic Tour. Some weird. The Honda like, Civic Honda. Tour. Oh I'm my goodness, dude! I I could That's... be remembering it wrong, but like I'm pretty sure it was called that, and it was in relation with like I don't know. They had like a deal with or some some joint promotional thing with like Honda or whatever. I don't know. But anyways, I... yeah, it was that was my first concert. I'm googling this because I want to know if it's real. Please oh my god, it, it is, is. Right? Honda Civic Tour with Blink One Eighty Two and My Chemical Romance. Yeah, what year was that? Um, let me see. Get out of here, ad. Oh, it was ten years ago. Yeah. The oh yeah, it's not. I I tried to click the link that said get tickets, and guess where it didn't take me? Where I wanted <laughs> get tickets. Uh, yeah, it's the 10th annual. It was 2011. Oh, wow. I was right on the money. That's that's 10 years from now. That's yeah. 10 years ago. You've got a good wow. memory. Yeah, but um, that was awesome. I was pretty scared. <laughs> uh, I Bro, saw I'm, them in a I'm... big arena, and it was just an awesome... It was really cool. It kind of broke me into like the, the live music and, and music in general. I'm like, yo, this is super cool. So, yeah. I'm super jealous that my, you've seen My Chem, Manchester, and Blink. And yeah. I haven't seen any of those bands, and I love all of them. I wanted to go when MyChem like announced their reunion. What was it? It was during quarantine, wasn't it? last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I recently. I was excited to see them. Uh, some of the festivals that were supposed to happen during the summertime, mm -hmm. like they were gonna get on runs, and I was going to one, and then they're like, "Yo, we're we're not doing anything," and then my festival got canceled. I'm like. Um, I'm never going to see My Chemical Romance, and it's going to kill me. They're just going to oh, no. dangle themselves in front of me. I'm never going to get it. <laughs> when the stars align. I, I, I think that's a pretty feasible uh, goal of yours, honestly. They, I know. hope. I hope so. Yeah, I think they'll they'll come around for sure. But what was yours? Did, uh, who was mine? <laughs> yeah, so, like who your first concert was. My first concert was, um, I believe was in 2007 2008 okay. i don't know i was mm -hmm. i was like fresh into i think it was a sophomore in high school and okay. there was a county fair uh that's in our county obviously it's mm -hmm. county fair um <laughs> but it was hootie and the blowfish that hootie and oh. before they disbanded <laughs> i got to see hootie and the blowfish at a, at a fairgrounds in my city so and cool. I'm not even mad about it because I love Hootie and the Blowfish. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend at the time, she was like, what do you want to do this week? And I'm like, oh, we're going to the fair. 
She was like, oh, we're going to ride rides. I'm like, uh-uh, we're going to go see Hootie and the Blowfish. And she was like, why? And I'm like, what do you mean, why? It's Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> no explanation respect. needed. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I almost got big mad for there. But That's yeah, awesome. so, was, um, were, so that being your first uh, experience with like live music being performed at you. Yeah. Uh, were those inspirations to you starting to want to play music? Um, I, I would say, I mean, I think the answer is no for the most part because okay. I, it was my first instance with live music at the time I wasn't playing, um, uh, any instrument at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't immediately pick up guitar. Guitar was my first instrument. I didn't immediately pick it up like after that show. And I, honestly, I'm not going to like, I wouldn't say that doing like seeing that concert, um, like made me want to pick up guitar. It actually mm -hmm. just made me want to listen to more music because at the time, um, I, my music like discography, just like listening to, um, was not big at all. Mm -hmm. I really only knew bands like, like ABBA and like Led Zeppelin and like, oh, classic. Very, you started with classic rock. Yeah, yeah, like nice. very and like I was, you know, um, pretty new to all that stuff back in the day. Um, uh, but yeah, after seeing that show, that was my first instance with like more of the punky side and like that kind of music that was like that mm -hmm. was, that kind of music was new to me um and i really liked it so i just like you know dug down that rabbit hole and listened to all the bands similar to that mm -hmm. and then i got yeah and it, it, i would say it inspired me to like open up my ears to like all kinds of music because right. it did transpire into like um i was i had a i hit a very big metalcore phase um after that and then yeah and then eventually I picked up the guitar and um, yeah, I would say that it did inspire me a little bit, but not, it wasn't the be all end all of like me right. playing it was, live music. It was just music in general. It mm -hmm. sounds like it put a spotlight on a new hobby that you were very, you, you then would make like a career out of. Was yeah, like it yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Take a little bit more serious for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely for sure. Um, yeah. Did you, were you like, uh, and how do I say this? Were you initially just like a fan of classic rock or was that something that you you uh, heard on the radio with your parents and that just that was your ethos just because it was their music? Um, yes, to the yeah. that, the second option. For the most part, um, mm -hmm. me listening to music, uh, my uh, well, my dad has a record collection, so I knew of like uh, jazz and classical music a little bit uh, when mm -hmm. I was younger. And then obviously... Um, just like pop culture at the time and my friends in school, like I, you know, I heard about bands and, and whatnot. Right. And uh, my, my friends were playing music um, at the time in like, like middle school, like seventh, eighth grade. And yeah, like I mentioned, like Led Zeppelin and all those bands classified in that mm -hmm. um, area. Um, yeah. Transpired into, I mean, I, I, I feel like nowadays, maybe it's more prevalent nowadays for like somebody to, you know, pick up an instrument and immediately gravitate towards like an American football or like straight right. to the emo um, stuff. But I feel like back in the day or, or in my time, whenever anyone was like interested in like any kind of instrument, like drums, mm -hmm. bass, guitar, it would most always be because of classic rock or like right. some sort of rock inspired artists or whatever not necessarily like 
Uh, maybe Blink-182. Like, they've been pretty prevalent for, like, many years. So, perhaps. But I definitely think it's not, going like... on... I think it's going on 30 years now. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, yeah. So, I, definitely, and, yeah. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable thing to be like, hey, you know that band you grew up listening to? They're, like, old now, and so are you. Like, no! Yeah. Uh. Classic. Um, so, yeah. Um, that, that's pretty much my origin story for, like, entering music or the music scene. Right on. So, then... I think I think you kind of dabbled into what I'm about to ask next. If I think I read somewhere that was possibly your first band was in middle school, and was it called Terrapin? Was that the name of it? Yeah, where did I'm, I'm <laughs> curious where you where you read this, where you dug up this piece of information, <laughs> this piece of lore. So was Terrapin your first uh, band? Was that gotcha. the? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, first, like, I mean, real band, I suppose. Um, I, me personally, I was playing, um, in, so our middle school, the middle school I went to in my area in New Jersey was cool enough to have, obviously you have like the, the more marching band kind of situation for middle school. Right. But in our middle school, there was an opportunity to like make a sort of rock band, but not like. It would just be what? like the middle school rock band. We're like, oh, any people that are playing guitar want to join? And when we play the winter, the school winter concert or the school spring concert, right? Um, we would make a set list and people can switch out of, because we had more guitar players than there was probably only one drummer in the whole school. That could, <laughs> oh, poor kid. <laughs> yeah. So like, it was cool for them, but like it would be the, but most of the time it'd be multiple guitars and like, we're not going to have like 10 guitar players all playing for one tune. So it would be a rotating cast of like, Hey, so like, if you want to play this Led Zeppelin tune, um, how about Brian, you come in and jump in on guitar for this and then mm -hmm. have Ryan do whatever. So that was my first instance of doing that, which was super cool. Cause like, I don't know. It was an opportunity. I don't feel like a lot of middle school bands have a dedicated, like, I don't know, like program, even like an arts program, really, to like dabble in rock um, oriented like stuff. Or they sure um... didn't in Indiana. I tell you that. <laughs> it was like, hey, do you want to learn hot cross buns on the xylophone? I'm like, no, <laughs> right, not right, really, right. dude. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so yeah, that was um, that was that, and then um. So, uh, but yes, I met, I, um, the two, uh, the people that formed Terrapin, mm -hmm. um, who happened to be, um, the people in Have a Good Season, because we've been friends since high school or mm -hmm. uh, middle school. We're all from the same town. Um, we, uh, we were in Terrapin, um, and we all played different instruments at the, at the time. And it was with a, a, a few other friends of ours. And yeah, that was pretty much, um, my first like real that was a band that wasn't school adjacent um with like right. whatever it was just uh something we did on our own time and eventually we played like two school like talent shows or something mm -hmm. like that but yeah it was our first like real real band real band <laughs> see you know what's funny about that so i've been doing this for uh i think like going on three years now mm -hmm. and with all the musicians i talk to whenever i talk about their early stuff Mm -hmm. every single one of them has said well i guess my first real band and they all use air quotes and i know what that means i know it means like we didn't play shows yeah. we didn't have yeah, like song, yeah. full songs written and played out but i love yeah. that that's like i don't think that's something like me that's a thing that musicians have discussed amongst one another it's just something we all do 
but mm-hmm. everyone knows that like everyone real knows band. Up in Dude, here. it's so crazy i love that yeah. it's yeah um, i love it too one of the things that i thought was interesting is that um was it with terrapin or was it with just have a good season that you guys all mm-hmm. learned uh an instrument to begin with but then when you join the band you switched that instrument you like learned a new instrument mm. to start the band gotcha that's um I don't think anyone's actually ever asked us that, which is which is neat. Uh, but it's similar, so it's kind of a weird situation where um, um, I'll try and like make it short because there's a there's a lot of moving parts. It's it's super crazy that you guys did this. We're like, I play <laughs> drums, but for this band, I'm gonna play guitar just for the hell of it. Gotcha. Um, um, yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's not like super like unique or anything. But basically, um, I we all um, we all our own personal like music growth stems from a different instrument so mm-hmm. i so like i play drums and have a good season but i started off my first instrument was guitar dan statner um plays bass and have a good season but i think he originally started on guitar as well mm-hmm. or guitar bass a mixture of, of the two at the time and nick who plays guitar and sings and have a good season um started out on bass actually or the same situation where it was like bass guitar but primarily like in terrapin in our old first bands he was playing bass and then i wasn't playing drums i was playing i was on lead guitar right and dan statner was on rhythm guitar and it was like a classic like rock band setup right um again we went we did that kind of grew tired of it we weren't that good at all <laughs> nick um nobody's first band is ever good yeah never. It's <laughs> that never goes good. with goes without saying um but uh nick um i don't know you know just coming of age just you know maturing and growing he i i whatever age that was whether it be like 15 or 16 he started listening to um bands that we all love now so i'll just um name a few like modest mouse and built the spill um japan droids we were listening nice. to back in the day um and bands like and obviously we we were introduced to like american football and all those bands mm-hmm. um he was going down that path um he started playing rhythm guitar and he just got real into playing guitar and singing like uh, almost like back in the day where like we may have you know rolled their eyes at like singer songwriters because we were all about like you know rock and roll and all that <laughs> yeah 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 that was that was the instance of when we were i guess opening up to you know indie alternative emo music or anything that mm-hmm. encompasses that so nick was doing that um i i was kind of following suits and so was statner um and as far as the instrumentation um i keep telling people that like there's really not much to the story about like me playing drums um because people ask me like how i transitioned from like drum or from like guitar to drums but like i have no other way of explaining it that doesn't make me sound like a douchebag <laughs> like, <laughs> i never took formal i was always rhythmically inclined and I, right. like i mentioned i i'm a big metalhead like i love mm-hmm. prog metal and you know bands like between the buried and me and animals is nice. just to name a few um, but at the time, you know, Killswitch Engage was like a huge influence for me. Mm-hmm. So wait, real quick I... before yeah, before yeah, yeah. you What's get up? into this, Killswitch, mm-hmm. are you a Howard Jones guy or are oh. you a, a Jesse guy? <laughs> ah, do I have to choose? Um, Listen, I like. I, I feel like 
-hmm. So here, I'll break the ice because some people yeah. do like they don't want to say the wrong thing. I okay. personally, kill switch to me is Howard Jones because that's okay. That's the kill switch that I was introduced to. I didn't know the first was it first first one or two albums it's got Jesse and then Howard came yeah. in. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. all I knew was Howard, and so now when they're like, "Oh, they got the original vocalist back," and I'm like, "I don't care, bring back Howard." <laughs> but Howard's got his own band, so he's fine. yes. I I I agree with you. I I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. Um, I was introduced to them when Howard was already a staple. I did mm -hmm. already hear about like, oh wait, like he wasn't the original vocalist, at right? The time. Mm -hmm. But like songs like I think uh, "My Last Serenade" and like the album that um that was on, like with mm -hmm. Jesse on it. Oh, man, yeah. I mean. I love those too. So like, I can't really choose, but I will say I may have like a slight bias or like preference towards um, Howard for sure. Uh, um, yeah, I'm a sucker for those clean like uh, old power metally vocals. Like I just yeah. that he cover of, the cover of Dio that they did. I was like, oh, all right, yeah. this band <laughs> this band is going to the top, bro. Yeah, Holy Diver. Um, that's so sick. But yeah, um, but yeah, I um. That was my, I guess that was my first introduction to like, like aggressive kind of music, like metalcore right. or like death metal or whatever. So yeah, as far as drums go, I, I just, it really just started out as me, you know, hopping on my friend's kid. Like, Hey, let me just, let me just fool around a bit um, as <laughs> yeah. kids do. Like, you know, cause everyone wants to hit drums. Like drums. Are no, just that's, so, I, so yes, fun. absolutely. That's true. I think. I think every musician can like at least somewhat relate to that, whether they're actually mm -hmm. like they actually can hold a beat on the drums or they're just like fucking around and just being. Hey, it looks fun to drums. smash on that thing like you do all the time. Let me yeah, get a turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I that was pretty much my like story, but like it just ended up me actually being able to like hold a beat. Mm -hmm. Um and I just tell people like I've always been like like uh, uh super inspired by like rhythmically intricate kind of patterns and whatnot so mm -hmm. like i don't know maybe that had a hand in me having a handle on playing drums so i wasn't good by any means but like i could hold a beat that transpired into me eventually jamming with nick who was you know on his indie kick and mm -hmm. listening to front we were all listening to you know front bottoms yeah you know their prime jersey band so yep. we were all into it I was just playing dance beats and whatever Matt was doing on the drums on mm -hmm. the front bottoms. And it was just, and it, the setup was pretty similar to how they started where it was just Matt and Brian, just drums and acoustic guitar, super like folky and just bare bones. And right. I, I was just on drums and Nick was just singing and playing guitar. And we just jammed on tunes like that. Japan droids, um, mm -hmm. some Weezer tunes. And that was pretty much the basis for having a good uh have a good season but we weren't we did not form anything we right. we had uh two other people come in to fill in for bass and then other second guitar and that was also i won't say like it was like another real band air quotes <laughs> yeah. real band <laughs> yeah. because the all we ever did was like we played a few like firehouse shows and like um uh just like uh talent shows and whatnot right just like DIY spaces at the time. Mm -hmm. and we, Nick and I weren't really serious about it because we didn't, we were just a cover band. We would just cover like Black right. Keys, Tame Impala, like the old, Ooh, nice. um, old Tame Impala. And then some Weezer covers, I guess. And yeah, we didn't write any music. <laughs> so we were fine with that. And then eventually, I don't know how it transpired, but like, like we just, we were wanting to doing we wanted to do something else and do our own thing and mm -hmm. 
um, we were like, wait, like, why haven't we jammed with Statner? You know what I mean? Like, we've already been right. in that band. Like, we know he's a sick, like, bassist, guitarist. Yeah. And, the, like, literally the first instance of us jamming together, just us as, just us three. Mm-hmm. And it was me on drums and then Nick on guitar singing and then Stat for bass. The chemistry just clicked and it was pretty much, like, the start of, like, Hags. Um, and it was pretty, it was pretty natural because we've already been in bands together, even though right. like, they all like sucked and it was like different music. The chemistry <laughs> was there. Like, it was just so kind of like weird how it worked out because now that we're trying to do like a more indie alternative kind of situation um, and we're trying to not play any covers anymore, we're trying to actually write music, mm-hmm. like original music. It was just, I feel really blessed to like have a situation where we did that and the chemistry was just there and mm-hmm. yeah that was pretty much that's like the the meat and potatoes of what hags is and then from then on obviously you know it's we have we're you know we're, we're we are what we are now and right. a lot has happened but at the core uh it's us three um and just feel really lucky that it worked out that way you know it's I feel like you had mentioned feeling lucky and I think you kind of nailed it because luck I think it works. I think bands need a certain level of vulnerability with each other for like I mean oh, that's yeah. definitely plays into the chemistry aspect of it but like in order to like really make music I personally feel like you have to be vulnerable cuz that's where the music comes from. It comes from like your feelings, your psyche, whatever it is. So when after you guys decide Hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna be a band now. How yeah. did you come up with the name Have a Good Season? Um, I um it's very Nick has the best answer for it because he yeah. it was pretty much him coming up with it. So I will Dang not it, do Nick. it justice. But <laughs> he um Nick, it's really I hope a... you're listening to this right now, and I want to let you know that I'm disappointed that you weren't yeah, here to give Nick. me this story. Nick, damn heck? it. <laughs> um I'll, I'll talk to him later. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna scold him. He said. Uh, it's uh, so in high school. I think Nick. It comes from like a book that Nick saw, um, in high school. I mm-hmm. don't. I can't speak on what kind of book it was or whether it was like a maybe like a poster or something. He. Ba- the end of the story is he saw it in a classroom in high school and thought it was like kind of cool and also not so serious. Um, mm-hmm. and honestly, most like most of that, like all the meaning and significance of that name does not even does not even touch like the actual origin of where it came from but like what it's now become right which is super cool um because people have like you know people make a bunch of sports references obviously mm-hmm. um people obviously it's a very much a nostalgic yearbook thing um to write or that we've all written in each other's yearbooks um hags if I um, if I didn't put band after your name when I Googled it, it just came up sports. All that came up. And I was like, oh, right. I have to put like band after it or else right, it's going to be. Right. The uh, Orioles wait. have a good season. Like, man, I don't give a fuck about the Orioles. So, um, we, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely garnered a lot more different meanings and significance in, in, in other ways, which is super mm-hmm. cool. And we like that. We, because we don't really like the or I, I'm not a huge fan of like, the the origin um in the sense that like it's not super like meaningful it doesn't have a much like it doesn't have a lot of emotion attached to like how it actually started it was kind of just like you know a name we all thought would work and we saw it somewhere in our high school 
That's that's right. really what it boils down to in the origin. But I like so much more what what it's mean what it's meant to to us and also other people and our fans. So um, I like it now for sure. In a sense, you took something meaningless, and in making your art with that moniker, yeah. you have given it meaning. So you yeah. took something and made you took nothing and made something out of it. So that's yeah. respectable. Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about the, the so, band name. <laughs> just out of spite, because Nick didn't give me this story, I'm mm -hmm. gonna spin this and be like, so what you're telling me is that the name came from your nerdy vocalist who was doing reading in school. Ugh, that's so oh, lame, boy. Nick. He's, oh my gosh. He's not, he's not gonna like that. <laughs> you were reading in school? What a loser. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> what a uh, nerd. Yeah. Um. Nah, he will like that. He we love we love books and literature. He he especially does. He's a big comic book guy and um art guy, so he still is reading books to this day. <laughs> Who would have thought that yeah. he would have been into comics and that given that that is the last song on your most on your uh Yeah, uh, yeah, album, yeah, yeah. Shapes I've never seen. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually yeah, yeah. the first song I heard because I found you guys uh on TikTok. Uh, some whoa, really? Yeah, so some so my feed, my for you page, a lot of times is people that are just like, "Yo, if you like this band, you should check out these bands." And okay. so you guys were in that like they were like, "Oh, here's an excerpt from Spotify. Here's a little bit of the song." And I heard it, and I was like, "Oh, I like that." So then I checked you guys out, and I fell in love with. I listened to uh, Shapes I've Never Seen, That's and so after cool. I was done with it, I ordered the vinyl because I'm like, "Bro, this is so good." So that's so cool. Thank you can you thank so much. You can that's thank crazy. TikTok, and I wish I remembered the girl's name who showed it, who showed you guys to me. But gotcha. yeah, TikTok is a place to be. Every I be, I love TikTok because it's shown me so many bands. That's awesome. That's so like that's probably our or uh, it's definitely something in the back of our minds of like mm -hmm. you know where people where our new fans are like reaching us or how they're hearing about us one night and mm -hmm. I, you know we all know that tiktok's been a thing and blowing up ever since um it has been yeah uh, but i i don't think any of us expected to have our music like be you know being on tiktok and mm -hmm. especially making new fans out of it so we appreciate that so much that's awesome and what's really cool is like a lot of times when i find these new bands it's not because the band themselves were promoting themselves on tiktok it's yes. another fan who is like yo yeah check out this band and i'm like oh hell yeah so that's i think so that's cool. really cool the community absolutely. of the like musician network in tiktok is really cool yeah absolutely big fan of that it's awesome how long um so at, you, you guys decide on the name right yeah mm -hmm. how long did it take you guys to put together what uh picture day ep was that a thing that yeah. you guys came like everybody had music already ready or you guys actually wrote that all together um we wrote that all together um and cool. as That's i nice. was saying about the the chemistry thing um yeah kind of like it was one of those things where like oh hey like so like you know, like, when are we going to, like, go into the studio and, like, record like, stuff? <laughs> when are we going to the but, studio? And then, yeah, so when we were thinking about that, it, it just, like, it felt like we, it felt like only, like, a month went by and, like, we were like, hey, like, we have, like, five songs that we could make a five-song EP with. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't actually a month, but, like, it just felt, it felt so organic and natural right. that we all came up with these riffs. Like, just to name a few, like, oh, Carl and, like, I think when the brain tells you to breathe is the actual actual first original song we made as a band 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it just felt super quick and, and easy for us to like write together. Um, and we were all at that time, we were all in high school, um, driver license lists. So we would, <laughs> you know, logistically it would take, it took us a while because we literally had to like book and get together and pay for all this stuff. So well, that was our first EP, uh, last picture day. And then, yeah, it, we, I don't know, like we somehow, some way it got, it did all our friends in high school were like hyping us up like they were all like like big fans of like what we did especially with that ep and to this day like people still like you know catch us at shows and like hey like so like when are you gonna play like okar or like some of these old <laughs> yeah. songs and like obviously like i don't want to go into that whole spiel about like you know bands that are like forgetting their old or they you know they've gone out a lot and they really right. don't want to play their old material and like to the extent, like, I understand that for sure. Uh, but there's other reasons why, you know, we're doing, right. we're not really revisiting um, songs that are like, I don't know, like six, eight years old at this point, I guess. Right. I anyway, so like that was, that was what that was. We were all still in high school, feeling it out. That was our first thing. The Joseph EP, which was next, was basically the same situation. Friggin' school. You know who knows about school? Nick knows, because he's a nerd. <laughs> Can people be dumb nerds? College and not story. like in a derogatory I, dumb. Like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. unintelligent nerds. Is that a thing? Uh, or is that like is a that oxymoron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I think that would technically be an oxymoron. And it might just average out to like an average person. <laughs> just like a an dumb, average a, IQ person. A dumb nerd <laughs> is an average person. <laughs> yeah, with an average IQ. All right. Um, that's fair. But, um, I can, yeah, yeah. I can give a high mat. For sure. So yeah, those two, we again. So like, we feel the same about those two EPs, just because mm -hmm. the writing process for it was similar. The the vibe and feeling that we were doing, we felt during that time was similar. And equally, like people liked all those songs all the same. It was really up until we got to like we released our our single um, Gum, which was like I think three years after the past release, which was uh, Joseph, where we really. I personally, at this right now, I consider that to be not the start of Hags, obviously, since we did two EPs before that, but like right. kind of like the start of like the Hags that like I really am feeling good about or better about or the feel evolved like form. You were like, yeah, Frieza level two. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. So that's the turning point for me personally. Um, the release or when that single came out of what. I want Hags to be, or what, what I what I want it to continue to be. Right. Um. And then the what we released afterwards is the album, our debut album, um, which is you know out now, and it's our current our current thing as of right now, current release. Yes. So yeah. Um. One of the things I would like to commend, I don't know who writes the songs, I don't know who names them, but your the first song you guys made, the when the brain tells you to breathe. That's one of my that's one of my favorite things to do to like people when you walk up to a mm -hmm. group and they're just talking, you just jump in and be like, "Don't forget to breathe," and then you like just walk away. Very scientific uh, song name, I will say. I don't know who came up with it. Uh, it, it was either Nick or Stat. Um, maybe a it combination sounds like of an, both. Yeah, it sounds like a it sounds like a yeah, nerdy sounds... thing that Nick would do. That's <laughs> hilarious. I'm super curious about the Japanese bonus track. Oh, like what 
out of nowhere. I was not expecting, like, I was like, oh, it's just like a funny name. Like, you know, they're mm-hmm. into Panic at the Disco or some of that metalcore stuff that has titles that has nothing to do with the song. I was like, right, right. what is this? And then it was a Japanese bonus track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, more so than I think most people think because um, we have vinyl for we had vinyl made for last picture day but mm-hmm. because our at the time i mean we still write long songs or like right according to radio standards and whatnot that we tend to write longer songs just more than two or three minutes mm-hmm. the last picture day ep was pretty long for like a five song ep and it's obviously because of the runtime of japanese bonus track being right. 11 minutes it didn't make it li- we literally couldn't fit it on the vinyl when we were oh no it. so like I mean, it's released on the EP digitally, right. but like on the vinyl release, it's not on it. So it really is like a bonus track of sorts because um, it's just the first four songs on the um, on the vinyl release. It's <laughs> only kinda... available digitally. It was, yeah, it's, yeah, kind it's of too big for physical for the physical <laughs> realm. <laughs> yeah, it's ironic because like we didn't and we didn't obviously we couldn't have foresaw that um, when right. we were writing the song. But yeah, um, to speak a, a bit about it, um, um, so Nick is fluent in in Japanese. He's he's half Japanese and half mm-hmm. Italian, um, and he um, and to this day, you know, he still thinks it's cool like incorporate different languages and stuff, um, into you know music. Being bilingual is a straight up flex. I don't care. Oh, it's <laughs> knowing more than one language is amazing. Like wow, yeah. that's cool. that's impressive. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's definitely something I feel cool about, um, that we're, you know, we're, I'd say we're pretty diverse. Um, mm-hmm. well, I mean, like literally, uh, being, um, I'm, I'm, I'm half Japanese as well and half Korean and then Nick is half Japanese with, and he's half Italian. Mm-hmm. So just to have that cultural awareness, um, and some of that being, and some of that is, I think in, oh yeah, some of that is in the new album, um, Shapes I've Never Seen. Um, but yeah, Japanese bonus track, he thought it was cool to, have some Japanese lyrics, mm-hmm. um, and I the, it being kind of like half the first half being all Japanese, and then the second half being all in English. Mm-hmm. Don't really know how that originated, but we just thought <laughs> it was cool. Um, and don't really know why it was. We it, the one thing I can say is that the reason why it's eleven minutes long is because we had all these parts. There's a lot of cool bass lines that that had that we thought were cool, and like sections mm-hmm. that we definitely could have been like, hey, like. There's like five verses in the song. Like it's way too long. We could definitely cut right. it out, which we think of now because we're much better songwriters now and whatnot. But at the time, we just we thought everything was cool and didn't think that everyone. We thought everything was necessary, so that's why we kept all the parts. And now, hey, it's all this is good, song. and let's put it all in. Like let, we yeah. don't have to break it up. Let's all in. Let's yeah, we were just in. we were just like being babies and like didn't want to have to cut anything. So we're just like, you know what? Let's just let's just keep it eleven eleven <laughs> yeah. minutes um and yeah we're honestly more than grateful to have people even like get through the 11 minutes or the Mm -hmm. first six minutes or so so yeah that's 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 kind of the story behind um that tune so then you were talking about um the the most recent record i'm gonna call an album we've just been talking about ep so your first album shapes i've never seen Mm -hmm. um you were talking about it developing into like a more, uh, more of a direction that you were wanting, and I assume that direction is more of like the the 
like indie emo sound with uh, the the riffs and the vocals. That was one thing I noticed as well. So I'm gonna interrupt myself. <laughs> from the vocal uh, level, not level uh, amount changed from the EP to the album. Was that yeah. something that like uh, Nick just wasn't like super comfortable with his vocals, and then he like as he performed more, he was like, no, this is. I, I'm actually okay at this. Like, I'm comfortable with this. Yes. Like, that's pretty much what... Like, there's a lot of layers, obviously, to that. Right. Um, um, because, you know, I mean, I feel like a lot of bands can say the same thing. And so it's not super unique to say that, like, you know, we just grew up as musicians. We just grew as people. So, like, obviously, we're going to grow more confidence and grow more maturity right. and whatnot. That's, like, a given. Like, I, I would hope, like, most musicians kind of, like it's like a given for that to happen right mm -hmm. but but in a basic sense yes like if you literally come if you're comparing like our first two eps and then gum and then on to the new album like as vocally there's like no harmonies there's like no mm -hmm. vocal harmonies on any of the old stuff like or there's like gang vocal parts and like extra layers right but as far as like you know a little bit more layers and intricate like literally just harmonies just yeah, harmonies. yeah there's none um and that's not be i wouldn't say that's because like he couldn't do it or like right he just wasn't a good enough singer like it was just because we weren't thinking about we just weren't thinking about it and we were still growing as songwriters and like we kind of just settled for what we had and didn't really ask bigger questions about where we could take our music and like that's literally because like we were I was dumb. Like I was just like just You guys were young. Naive. Yeah, like, exactly. New to the game like yeah, why exactly. would you Yeah, I get that. I mean, there's the there's the whole adage that like a band doesn't fit doesn't find their mm -hmm. their identity, like the identity right, of their sound right. until like their third album. You start off with what you think, you hone it, and then the third one you like take the feedback of what worked. Absolutely. Like, that's like the, that's like a streamlined like strategy of like how you could better yourself or improve it. I mean, there's those few people where like very few mm -hmm. people that like don't even have to do that, where they're just like really good right off the bat. But like yes. Those are the yeah. rare breeds. Though the those are the uh yes. um the gods among men like oh you don't have to you don't have to do the human thing and struggle yeah, and yeah. learn and so embarrass exactly yourself exactly people. so that's pretty much like that's how we feel at least about musically how we've kind of come um far mm -hmm. from like what we had and not to say like i i love those eps and i think i think just the main vo vocals for what we had written you know there's a lot of more like emily like even borderline like twinkly kind of riffs in there on the old stuff so like I don't know. It's a little bit more of that kind of vibe, and it doesn't really require like super a lot of textures and intricate layers of vocals and stuff. So I think it served its purpose, and it was what it is is mm -hmm. what it should have been. Then, but as we grow, and then we got into gum. Um, yeah, definitely still sticking to our roots, I guess. Like you know, emo and indie, alternative, and a little mathy here and there. Even though I don't really consider ourselves like a math rock band at all. Um, but people have said that like, hey, that's People have like, um, kind of pointed out our influence of that, and we, I, especially me and Dan Statner, um, and 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 Nick, to, uh, of course, uh, to to an extent too, um, love the like the post rock and mathy kind of stuff too. It always seems that Animals as Leaders always bleeds through the guitar player that listens to Animals as Leaders. Like, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, people have said that about my drumming. Um, 
for certain things of um you know like they do like do you listen to like metal or you went to metal i'm like yes mm -hmm. like you could probably not that i do it yes. <laughs> over but um i think specifically live maybe not on the recording it doesn't show as hard but um uh live i tend to like accentuate certain certain stuff and try out new things mm -hmm. and people might be like hey like you you like into prog at all and i'm like i love a good prog <laughs> yeah i I'm a bit of a connoisseur of Prague, he said. <laughs> mm. But, um, yeah, so I was going to say, uh, that, like, we all appreciate that, um, our roots and whatnot. But, you know, people have thrown around the, the styles of, like, power pop and stuff like that. And honestly, yeah, like, songs like Gum and, 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 and Sunflower Yellow and, like, um, Shoulder Blades and whatnot. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's kind of the vibe that we've been inviting for ourselves right um and i mean that makes sense because and i'll speak upon like what hags is now um or nowadays or going towards um but nick um all three of us nick stat and me are um going towards like we're we're just learning more uh, i will say that if this has any this makes any kind of sense um uh, nick and stat are huge um <laughs> deadheads um and you know jamming all sorts of instrumentation whatnot so not that I, not that i say the record is a dead record by <laughs> any means right but if it gives you any kind of insight into hey like we're not we're kind of shedding the borderline pop punk emo kind of outfit that maybe like last picture day might have given off mm -hmm. or even joseph might have given off we still appreciate that but i would say shapes i've never seen has definitely a bigger power poppy kind of or just straight up just pop kind of influence over it and you can really see that in my opinion on like songs mm -hmm. like sunflower yellow or shoulder blades or gum um which is our other single before the album you know what's crazy about you saying that uh dan and nick are into uh the grateful dead uh -huh. was that after hearing that like i could hear the instrumentation that you guys do just being played for like seven, eight minutes mm -hmm. and just like every now and then one of you wanders off to like do <laughs> your own thing. I'm like, bro, I could fucking get into yeah. that. Like, I like your guys' sound enough that I think that could work. That's awesome. And I mean, obviously it does. You guys made an 11 minute song. <laughs> like that should have been my giveaway. Like, oh, I bet they listen to Grateful Dead. Right, they right. wrote an 11 minute song. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, we, we like we like having or being able to translate that through our music and having people mm -hmm. pick up on small hidden gems like that. So obviously like we're not, we're not going to write like jam band kind of music, but like there's like instances where we like, and a lot of that shows in the writing too. Like when we write, like we're not, I mean, we're methodical in the sense of like, we're better songwriters. And like, obviously right. we know that like, it can't just be first chorus and like, it's boring and we got to make it a little bit more mm -hmm. interesting, but we do like to jam it out and like feel for it and not just like plug it into like pro tools and just like cut and paste and cut and paste and you know yeah be super analytical about it like no we like to jam it out live and see what comes up and we can jam for like 12 minutes and like out of that we can we can really make a uh, like a three minute song out of like the best parts right so I just, Let the song come to life by itself. Yeah. I don't have to manufacture it on the laptop. If we just play together, mm -hmm. it'll blo something will come up. Yeah, absolutely. So in that sense, you can kind of see. I hope, hopefully, like our fans can kind of see like where our influences kind of lie. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, the more like just to speak upon like 
Cause I want to. I like. I like. I like nerding out about this kind of stuff for sure. So like. Oh no! The whole band is nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all. <laughs> jokes on you, Chris. Like I'm a nerd uh, too. Oh no! Oh no! I'm 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 the, I'm the minority now. <laughs> but um, like songs like "True for You," like have you know that heavy just like the guitar riffs and all that. Definitely more of a right. uh, homage to like um or influence shows our influences to bands like um I would say like it might not show through to like fans of Basement. But like when we were writing right. that song, like kind of reminded us of like bass uh, riffs that Basement might have written or Fiddlehead or mm-hmm. whatever that kind of vibe. Um, and then you know, Shoulder Blades is a little bit more of a power poppy kind of feel. Um, you don't know how heavy it felt is definitely more on the darker side and features. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that it's like super techy with the tapping and all that, but the the outro of that song has a little bit more of an american football like twinkly kind of vibe with the the clean guitar mm-hmm. uh licks here and there so yeah i don't know i feel like you could see stuff from last picture day and joseph and gum all encompassed some way in some form on the album you know mm-hmm. so one of the questions that i wanted to ask because i don't think i've really ever asked this what does emo mean to you Ooh, um, like to hone it down because this question could be like very vast. The genre of emo. What does the genre of emo mean to you? Um, hmm. It's funny you ask that because recently we did. Oh, not so recently. We did a podcast uh, pretty early on during the the pandemic last year, uh, during mm-hmm. lockdown, and it was pretty much the same question. And we all, all three of us, struggled with this with answering this question. But to me, um, I mean, I really just hark on like the feelings that I had when I was first introduced to any kind of music that had any kind of inclination of emo, whether it be me- right. whether it be musically or just like culturally. I mean, the one like the one band that like. And I, this doesn't have to be accurate at all. Like people can like shit on me right. or whatever. But like the one band. This is I'm, your interpretation. Yeah, I'm not looking for a definition. Right, right. I want your interpretation. American football so. is like the one band that I right immediately think of only because, um, obviously they have you know, they have their history and 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 deep roots. But when I I was one of the first bands that I considered or I was told was was very emo or emo like in any kind of sense of the word was American football. And I remember listening yeah. to it for the first time. And um, it was the first time I heard any kind of like music like that. Um, and I was blown away. I was just like, mm-hmm. this is nothing I've heard of. This is, I'm feeling everything or nothing. It's just like that kind of vibe. So I, I, I interpret that, that the genre of emo, emo with um, how I felt probably like i think it was at this point maybe like eight years ago where i first listened to that or seven years ago but musically um i think it's much of more of a mixed bag um because i don't know like emo has like any kind of genre has a bunch of subgenres underneath it right there's a lot of like emo that has a lot of like twinkly math mathy kind of things Mm -hmm. um uh, but there's a lot of emo where it's just like super dull and calm and quiet and just more clean, almost borderline like singer songwriter. But you could still consider right. it emo. Um, so yeah, I think generally speaking, that's what it that's kind of what it means to me. But um, 
I don't know. It's also something I don't really think about all that much. Like we, it was being tossed around, you know, the album, or encompassing the album like a lot when we were when when it first came out, and we were talking to a bunch of right. our friends and other interviews that we did, and we all kind of had the same feeling of like, hey, like I mean, it means A and B and C to me, but at the end of the day, it kind of doesn't really mean much to me, like because we weren't really thinking about it when. Um, writing this album or listening back to right. our record mm. um, but we love we love how people have like put it into our album you know what i mean like we love mm-hmm. hearing that like people like hey like this really dug like the emo vibe of this particular section of this tune or this right. this section or this guitar line was like so emo of you I'm like i don't really know what that means but that's super cool to hear you know <laughs> <laughs> i've like when i when i first so i was probably it was a year probably 2006 2005 mm-hmm. when i first started getting into quote-unquote emo music yeah but from where i was and the music that i was listening to in the group i associated emo to me was this band right here they used ah. that was that was emo to me that was and then it was like all those bands alexis on fire yep. a lot of like yep they used to call it screamo yeah and that was the initial emo that i like learned wow. about so that's what i always thought emo was and it wasn't until probably like five or six years ago that i started like even knowing that like i was new i was like this isn't emo like this is all kind of like slow and not loud mm-hmm. and they're like no this is like another branch of it or whatever yes. i'm like yeah. oh okay so as of late i think now that i'm i feel like i did it in reverse i feel like mm. when i was younger i should have been into the more uh uh, American football, uh, uh, arms length, uh, like oh, that yeah. kind of stuff when I was younger instead of now Yeah, where I'm almost 30 right, and right, I'm right. now just getting into like, oh, American football right, or like right, right. I, I didn't get into brand new to like five years ago and <laughs> right, then I right. didn't get to enjoy them very long before they're like, yo, we can't, you can't listen right, to them right, anymore. Right, 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 for sure. I'm like, man, I like that band. <laughs> Dang it. I just got here. Why are you going to take it <laughs> away from got me? Here. Ah. that's so cool to hear about you know different uh people coming or uh, the you know the meaning of that word meaning uh Mm -hmm. changing throughout different people's lives and whatnot and because i was definitely aware of like those bands that were you Mm -hmm. know definitely under the screamo like outfit at the time um but i didn't really associate that with um the emo uh meaning that we're talking about specifically just because at the same time i was also getting into Bands like Modest Mouse and Build a Spill and like alternative indie and stuff. Um, and then along those lines, that's how I found other um, like post rock bands like Explosions in the Sky was super cool when mm-hmm. I first listened to them. And then uh, even some Japanese math rock bands um, or Japanese post rock bands like Toe's a big, we're all big fans of this band called Toe from, um, from Japan um, and Trico or Tricot. Um, and then those bands are like you know integrated with more of the the like the proggy chan bands of the group of today mm. and like there's so much like cross pollination it's just crazy and almost hard to keep right. up honestly no that's that's exactly what i was getting ready to say it was like all this cross pollination like just like i when i asked you about emo and like uh it's so hard to define anymore because Nobody is ever just like one thing anymore because we all consume so many different styles because it's so accessible all the time yeah. that 
They're like, oh, so who are your influences? Like, uh, well, I like Chan, but I also like American football. And then I like Meshuga and then John Mayer. And it's like, what kind of music do you make then? It's, it's like, and then it's, it gets hard to label because you're like, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's kind of all those things. That's awesome. It's like, I just, I make music. That's yeah. what I do. That's, that's awesome. It's, I, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to like chisel it down to either loud music or soft yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to really <laughs> I, yeah. broaden the, these, 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 uh, these labelings because it's just getting out of hand, you know? Bro, all these core bands, they're just like, they're like, oh, we're uh, math core. Oh, we're, we're Waluigi core. We're Digimon. Like, bro, what? No. Okay. We, at some point we have to make rules because there's no way I can keep up with all these fucking genres yeah. all the time. If you guys get to make them up whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty ridiculous nowadays. Stressful. But... Stressful. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Though. It's cool. What is the songwriting process when it comes to hags? Like, is this, I ask this a lot just because I'm always curious. Because mm-hmm. I like the idea of the lyrics um, being a group effort and not just necessarily one person. Sure. But I also understand that not everybody likes to write. Yeah, So absolutely. sometimes they put that responsibility on one person. Is the songwriting process for you guys a collaborative thing? Or is it you've got one designated songwriter and then he comes and you guys can tweak it together gotcha. if need be? Um, it is a hundred percent collaborative, um, but with cool. some you know designations here and there. Um, but definitely, as far as the broadest sense of the word collab- collaborative and whatnot, we are definitely a collaborative band for sure. But where it kind of where it kind of strays off the path is. Um, I'm terrible with lyrics, mm-hmm. um, even when listening to like, you know, uh, music in general, yeah. I tend to, my ears just tend to pick up more of the instrumentation than like the actual words. Right. And I tend I pick up like the melodies and whatnot, but like I'm thinking more of like sonically and, you know, melody and songwriting as opposed to the actual, like, oh, what word did they just, say? what was the line <laughs> that you just sung? I, I remember the melody. It was great. It was a great melody. Mm-hmm. But, like, what was the actual words? So I'm pretty bad at that. Um, so I fully like I am we kind of like work upon our strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. right? So like Nick, um, he has a pretty distinct like songwriting style and lyricism. So like he handles pretty much most of the lyrics and we're me and Stat are totally like on board mm-hmm. with it. Um we obviously, you know, if there's any problems, like we'll we'll, you know, speak our mind. But, right. Like, we, really don't have any problems like whatever he comes up with like it's it's just good when we really like it so he takes care of that um aspect um however on the new album stat has statner has some writing credit on the lyrics for certain songs for sure and as far as the general songwriting um it is it all starts and most most of the time it starts on guitar Mm. and all three of us pitch in and I, I could go on and on about like the specific, you know, places where I input like this is my riff or this. But in general, all of Shapes I've Never Seen is a total split between all three of us on guitar duties um, for writing. Um, and from then on, I just remember you guys are literally all guitar players. Yeah. And it just and I think that works well with like or that kind of works with the reasoning why we um have good chemistry um or rather vice versa like the um having that good chemistry um and then us all being um guitar players you all speak the same language yeah made us writing 
this record together as a collaborative effort like that much more easy because nick would write a riff and then i'd be like okay like where are we gonna go from there right and then nick nick just kind of like hit a roadblock i'm like like i'm kind of like i know what i'm feeling but like i just don't know how to put it i don't know how to translate that on on a guitar riff for the next guitar part and then i'll come in and then i'll i've written plenty of like next sections to go play to play off of like what nick already wrote right like true for you is a bunch of that um i love that song by the way just so you know true for you appreciate uh, that that's a that seems to be a fan favorite for sure for you is great um i also really like you know i'm not even gonna like shoulder blades was probably comics was the first one i heard and loved but like you were talking about your uh what do you call punk Pop punk? No, not pop punk. Power pop is it? What, damn, power pop. Power, power pop. pop. That's what you said. Yeah, power and pop. like you were naming off some of the songs that were like, oh, these would probably be that. And I'm like, damn, I liked all the power pop ones. I think I'm found a new yeah. genre I'm into now. You should check out some. I um, I mean, Gum has the Big Star reference. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that band? Um, but um, I, whatever. You could just look up a playlist on Spotify, and they'll give you all the quintessential power pop bands that you should be listening to, or you should know at least. I'm so. sure TikTok and is they'll, listening they'll to me right now, and I'm gonna get a whole bunch of videos <laughs> like, "Hey, I heard you like this band." Right, TikTok, right. I don't like that you're Bow. listening, but thank you for showing me all this good music. <laughs> the all true algorithm. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, it's a collaborative effort for sure, and I will say that like it's cool that um where i guess where nick kind of takes more of the spotlight when in song in in his lyricism because he's pretty much the only pretty much like 95 percent of the time he's handling the lyricism okay. uh and most of the time he's handling the melodies for his singing and whatnot right. um especially before the album like he pretty much wrote everything and we were fine with um Stan and I kind of have our hands in more spearheading situation in other aspects so for example like shoulder blades is a song that i wrote entirely um because i ended up just writing on guitar and i ended up just naturally coming up with the sections Mm -hmm. and and it flowed and so pretty much all the guitar like pretty much i came to the guys with that song with the song pretty much already full-fledged out with the sections and parts the and i even tracked all the guitars and i tracked the bass for it and and the drums um, and then we were just we just made sure that like every everyone was cool with everything, and they seemed to like it. So it it's it's a thing; it exists now. But uh, obviously, for the lyrics and melodies, um, you know, I I showed it. I want Nick to like, hey, like, what can you what can you do for this? <laughs> yeah, team? yeah, yeah. And I we know we loved it. Um, but at the you know at the same time, you know, we always want to make it better. So uh, I wherever Nick. Um, has like stuff where he wants to you know level it up or wants some more input i've had a hands in a bunch of like uh helping out with the melody writing right. really what kind of melody this should be or um may may not necessarily the lyricism but like maybe i'll think about more of like um play a more producer role i'm like uh like the words like i i like this line for sure but maybe you got to cut a word out yeah. or add some would you can you add another line mm-hmm. um um, not really like writing like oh I need to have this it has to have this line because <laughs> I'm really I'm really feeling this word or these few words yeah, yeah, yeah. but no just thinking on a songwriting perspective so yeah that so and similarly to that Statner's song is balloons and balloons oh, is balloons written is all great. by Statner 
Um, and he's even singing on that too, a little bit. Too. Um, we're all kind of sprinkled vocally on the record right. with like the gang vocals or whatnot. But yeah, so as you can see, there's a lot of moving parts and, and a lot of instances where, where me and Stat and Nick all work collectively together. But overall, in general, yeah, it's pretty split evenly. Hearing that how like collaborative and how essentially involved you all are in each like little segment of the music writing it's 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 how do i say this it's promising because you are all very invested and so it sounds like this is all something you really want to do and that you're gonna like keep at it you're not just this isn't just you know uh for girls or you know hey i want to be famous like no like this is something you guys want to do this is like a this is a um outlet for you that's a hundred percent on the nose and i mean i i will say one thing about like when we when we do write like and i'll speak a little bit about what we're doing now like we're writing new tunes for a new release obviously good um, i hope so i on, as, honestly i was gonna demand it i was gonna be like hey i need some new i'm done with this <laughs> album i need more <laughs> yeah yeah we need more um so uh just a little window into that like when we whenever we write a new thing we're on to the next thing that we feel even more happy about from the last and we're always trying to improve ourselves it is almost always a hundred percent we're thinking about like how how does this make us like feel or like are we cool with this or like this is such a cool riff or like this would be such a cool thing or a cool section if we like you know do this and it would just be it would make the song great right. or just make it so different or whatnot or things that we haven't tried like trying to challenge yourself it is not what i mean there's a little bit of like what what do we think the fans will think or I, what do we think our listeners will think like one percent of that is maybe that but it is never we never make any like crass decisions about songwriting because we think it won't play well on the radio right. or like it won't do well on Spotify or whatever the fuck it is net. Like I can firmly say that like, that's not a thing that we think about and not even think that we have to try to not think about right. because it's so, it comes so naturally to us to just want to write, you know, with passion mm-hmm. um, that we don't ever think about those things, which is super cool. But we do have to, you know, we do have to like be a band to some extent. Like we have to think about like, you know, what we think will be, good for for our fans or whatnot will this know, we be, appreciate our fans will this 13 minute song be digested easily or did we get lucky with the 11 <laughs> yeah, yeah that's on our agenda <laughs> also i i but, need um, i need you yeah. to ow i just my ankle just cracked um <laughs> i i'm really curious now that they're deadheads maybe you know what are their opinions about john mayer being in uh dead and company oh. Oh, they love it. Um, well, hold on. Well, I lo- they love they it. for the most part. So they love John Mayer. Uh, uh I'm a big John Mayer. Fan. Oh my like god, his, I got the his, right one. His career. Yes, you did get the yes. right one. Okay. Um, I I will I won't say and you know they can Stat and Nick can talk to me after <laughs> afterwards. We're gonna have to uh, talk about I'm your position on... in the band if you don't accept yeah. John Mayer. <laughs> I'm speaking on behalf of them, right. but I don't actually actually know. Mm-hmm. But I, they do like John Mayer, but like right, they're not, I wouldn't say they're like huge huge fans of like every you know all his discography mm-hmm. and whatnot. They do think he does a great job um, with De- the Dead. Um, 
And they recently saw them um, play on this tour that they're doing. So they got to see John um, play? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as, um, and I hope I'm not like butchering this, but like, uh, uh, Garcia uh, is what John is replacing, his his position. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, obviously, you know, they're, he's irreplaceable. Right. So um, they, uh, Nick and Sat definitely like agree with or feel for that for sure. But they like John Mayer. I, they, yeah, Good. definitely, for sure. But I definitely like him more <laughs> than, right. than, than Mike. So now we're going to talk for another hour about John Mayer. <laughs> about John Mayer. <laughs> I could, too, because, like, oh, man, I... What, what's your what's your favorite era or what's your favorite John Mayer like album? My favorite album. So it's my favorite album yeah. isn't a studio. It's live at Nokia. Is yeah. bro. Yeah. Every every person I've Insane. talked to that's like into John Mayer is like, bro, that's the best one. And I'm like, I know. But I also the performance is crazy. So and part of the reason why I like that album so much is because it made like the other the songs from the actual studio album like lesser like i prefer his live version of belief over con- the belief version on continue yeah the guitar playing yeah. and the solo that he puts in there bro is just pure it's pure genius that dude can do yeah. no wrong Ugh. it's for me it's because like you hear there's certain records that i hear and um that were um i listen to it and like this is amazing like it sounds great and the production is always top notch right. and then i'm like how but but it's there's a record that's almost too good where I'm like all right it kind of makes me doubt that this artist oh they're going on tour and the, for on support of this album like I wonder how they're going to be able to like you know like play this record live right. and have it sound as natural but also sound just as good as it is on the mm-hmm. record but in a live setting and I'm sometimes I'm skeptical and there's been bands where like it's happened to me where like i really love the record but like i saw them live and like they just underperformed mm-hmm. or like i don't know they had some problems and it just didn't pan out that specific instance that specific perform live album compared to Conti- because continuum is my favorite yeah. for sure continuum is um, and i still much. love the- but i'm just like i listen i i'm and i think i think I, I may have not seen its entirety the video like there's videos of like the whole performance or the whole concert yeah, yeah, but yeah. i've definitely seen a bunch of it and it's just he kills it he kills it he plays it even better and it, and just watching it live him do it in front of all the things that come with performing in front of like thousands of people mm-hmm. and still kill it like and make it look it's just a natural born performer yeah it exactly. doesn't look like he's struggling like he's never looking down he's always eyes closed he's doing those those iconic weird john mayer faces he does when he's playing guitar like he just I I don't understand yeah, like crazy. I grew up listening to John Mayer. He was on the radio when I was a kid in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So like I was oh, aware yeah. of him. It wasn't mm-hmm. until like 2014. I don't know what happened, why it rekindled, like why I looked up John Mayer. Maybe it was just like a playlist and I was like, "Oh, I like John Mayer. Let me listen to this." And then I listened to mm-hmm. everything he had and I'm like, "Okay, I stand for John Mayer now." Um, this isn't where I thought I would be in my life, but this is where I am. Um, yeah, but like, absolutely. Where did you guys, how did you come up with the name for Shapes I've Never Seen? Oh, um, so we, uh, we wanted to, to take a lyric reference from one of the songs off the album. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, 
I, and I don't, I can't really explain like why we have these feelings and whatnot. It's just, just, it's just from the, the, we usually tend to take reference from like the music that we listen to our bands or artists that we really respect and whatnot. Right. So when we make decisions like that, we're like, um, that's what we, we take that into consideration when we're trying to like, what should we name the album or like, should, should the album title be one of the songs off the record? Because that's a very common thing right. that people just have the title, the album title track. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really know the reasoning behind that, but we opted not to do that. We didn't really want to do that. I think it's because we felt that not one of the 12 songs off the record, we felt totally encompassed fully what we like the album to stand for. Right. So because it's it's a common it was too much it, to it was too much of all the songs so we couldn't choose one right. we couldn't just name it sunflower yellow or whatever and honestly a lot of it has to do with aesthetics as silly as that may seem yeah we yeah like we like what we visually like at least for you know nick is um the artist um and you know he has a really good eye for those kind of things yeah. so we trust his his eye about what it'll look like visually and if it might even looks awkward or and that's i mean i pretty common like we don't want an album title that's super super long right um no there's bands that like they're totally cool with that and that's kind of their vibe and that's you know totally cool Mm -hmm. but for us specifically we were thinking about that we were thinking about we didn't want a really run-on sentence long album but we also didn't want something so so short like a one word kind of album title right it's like uh, and we like what's that band i set my friends on fire their album was called you can't spell laughter or you can't spell slaughter without laughter it's like bro that's a lot that's a big it's a big album name (laughs) that is is a big album name for sure so um and not that i have anything against that it's just it doesn't fit our specific vibe um and we really like and i think nick and stad had references where like um bands that titled their album based off of a lyrical reference or whatever and a lot of bands do that that's also a common thing so that's what we did and we take so shapes i've never seen is from true for you um it's in the bridge section um after the guitar solo um so next time y'all listen to that tune it's um yeah it's pretty it's just shapes shapes i've never seen I like oh, how I like how exact you knew where it was. I was almost expecting you to finish up with it. Yeah, it's at the one minute and thirty-two second mark. <laughs> I, I know was, exactly I, where it I is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I actually knew the like, I was pretty much there. <laughs> but it's like, I just say bridge section, which is like towards the end of the song. But it's after the guitar solo. After the guitar, <laughs> it's after solo. The guitar solo. Lastly, I have to ask. Mm-hmm. What's coming down the pipe from the boys in Hags? Ah, what we got coming up. Um, so right now we're we're writing. We're writing a lot of new tunes. Um, we're planning for the next release. We got some tours. Um, or we're 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 booking some tours for the new year. But yeah, as far as like we the the summer was was awesome because this this past summer um was a you know uh, as most people know a lot of live music mm-hmm. um came back for the most part right um you know with some 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 stipulations here and there but for the most part you know there were concerts a lot of big concerts happening and we played a bunch of shows and it was such a awesome like welcome back yeah um we played a really awesome show um um earlier this summer just out of curiosity mm-hmm. 
When exactly yeah. did you put out um, have uh, uh, oh, games I've album? never seen? Yeah. So, shoot. I mean, I guess I could have uh, looked at. Oh, it says May fifteenth. Is there on Spotify? Is it um twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? It says twenty twenty. Okay, okay. Cool. Okay. So, so you guys, so I say in twenty nineteen because we recorded right. it. We wrote it. We wrote and recorded it 2019. So were you guys playing any of these songs from the album in twenty nineteen? Like live? Um Oh, that's a good question. Um before the before, before pre pandy. Pre pandy. Were, were you playing any of these songs? <laughs> pre pandy? Yes. Okay. We were playing we were really only playing Sunflower Yellow Live. And it the the arrangement all these songs, like the arrangement was there. Right. But obviously once we recorded it, we made it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like then we were playing live. <laughs> um but we were playing it live because it was it was part of our life set okay. at the time. True for you, we were playing live, and Glow and Scab, oh. we were playing live. I love the intro those were the to three Glow so much. Ugh. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, but yeah, um, those are the three main ones that we would include in our sets because we were trying to, you know, introduce like, hey, we got a new album in the works, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah, all that stuff. So yes, then pandemic um well we wrote we wrote and recorded it like it was already right. done 2019 we did the summer tour um of 2019 and as it was being as it was going through the mixing and mastering process and we were getting the rollout together and all that stuff then throughout er- the end of 2019 into early 2020 was when we started releasing our singles so sunflower yellow was the first single right. then ramene then true for you and then obviously come spring 2020 is when the pandemic hit and it pretty much flattened our plans yeah for a album release show because we did have a release show in the works to play the a majority of the album right. after it came out and you know long story short we came up with a our best case solution to what we were going to do cuz there was a potentially we were going to like delay the release right. like we didn't want to have to delay it like a year and a half and like it just wouldn't have been the proper place for yeah. it and whatnot. So we were just like, OK, we'll release it during the p- pandemic. No worries. A lot of people are doing it like it's cool and totally we fine. Needed so content we needed to get us through our quarantine. Yeah, so a lot of exactly. us were very appreciative of bands releasing new stuff while I'm stuck at home. Exactly. So, yeah, we we chose the best option that we thought fit us. We couldn't do the album release show, but we did do an album live stream yeah. show where we did acoustic, and that was super fun. We did it with our friends, and super appreciative of you know the the fans that came and supported us. Then, you know, I don't even know what twenty twenty, whatever. From from that point on until like this past summer, yeah, um, which is pretty much like a year, a year and a half mm-hmm. or so we were still just scheming and kind of in a lull of of sorts because live music wasn't completely back but we did do a drive-in show and like a few shows here and there mm-hmm. under strict like circumstances right. which was super cool yeah. um and still writing still writing new music um but we were pretty much still in rotation of like shapes i've never seen because you know we wanted to properly give it it's 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 time in the spotlight so that's what that was right and then come this summer, return to live music. We're playing all these new songs or all the songs off the album and even more so and even better. 
um than we used to um and some and, and it, some of them were the debut of the, the live debut right. of the songs like shoulder shoulder blades we've never played live until this um this past um uh summer of live shows being back mm -hmm. and that was super cool because we did a music video for it too um and people really liked that tune so that was that and then yeah i think it's really i mean i see both sides of this so on one hand you record this new album you're like oh yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do a release show and then pandy hits mm -hmm. and then you're like yeah. you can't do shit for a year like you're just gonna have to sit yeah. on it but then do you think that helped like let's say in a different in a different reality no pandy you drop mm -hmm. the album you go out and you tour it right away do you think that would have mm -hmm. been as beneficial, more beneficial, or less beneficial than you putting out an album, having people just like sit on it for a year, and then mm. then you finally came back to live shows, and they were like, "Oh, I, by now mm. I know all your music because I've been stuck inside." Like I, mm. do you think it could okay. have worked out in your favor to have it play out this way? That's a very uh, philosophical question. Oh, thank you. Um, and there's a lot of parts to it for sure. In my own personal opinion, mm -hmm. and I'm biased, of course, just because I'm I'm in the band. But mm -hmm. also, I I don't I'm not a fortune teller. Like I can't tell what alternate universe would have happened and whatnot. Right. Um. But in my humble opinion, I think that if Pandy never happened, I think overall, um, we would have done better. Only because I'm just thinking about the things that um the things that we did have planned right like the things that we did have planned if the pandemic didn't hit it would have panned out we would have done it and i think as far as what we want this band to become mm -hmm. i think it would have really really benefited us and um it just would have i guess skyrocket not skyrocket but like it would have taken us up to the next level They're right, right, right. i'm not gonna be too no you're optimistic that's <laughs> good forward. that's good to have that optimistic yeah. yeah i'm optimistic so and and just thinking about what actually did happen mm -hmm. <laughs> what actually did happen with the pandy um yeah kind of squashed those plans and like i think we did really well considering the circumstances mm -hmm. and like knowing knowing that like people were listening to our tunes during quarantine and like it the reception was more than what we you know anticipated mm -hmm. but in my humble opinion if we released the album as as standardly and organically as we could have without any disturbances right no interruptions and then immediately and then immediately toured after that because we did have a full u.s tour planned for that summer um even indiana i can't even indiana? i can't remember i can't remember if indiana was on probably one not of the we get overlooked so <laughs> we get overlooked all the time bro we're we're in the middle but it was a um yeah it was i i firmly believe if we were to have done that and and right off the, the and just promoted did the whole proper rollout with um with the album i think it really would have garnered us a lot of right. a lot more fans maybe even per se than than i mean obviously you know maybe maybe even TikTok might not have may have been affected because of you know everyone stuck inside and whatnot. That's true. What so, if in this alternate we don't reality? Know, you know? What if this in the, in this alternate reality, you guys tour oh. off? No, that girl doesn't <laughs> listen to your music during quarantine. I don't yeah, see. Yeah, and 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten to meet you. Yes. I wouldn't have gotten to make exactly. I wouldn't have gotten able to. I wouldn't have been able to make fun of Nick and all his nerdy nerd nerdisms <laughs> if it weren't if that girl yeah. on TikTok hadn't showed me this. Right. That's 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 a really good point because unlimited possibilities, yeah. my friend. Yeah. There's a lot of give and take yeah. here because um I like because I'm saying that like um I'm very like I I firmly believe that like li- I, I'm saying more on a technical aspect of like being able to roll out the album right. properly yeah and had and it's the important thing about that is the touring behind that to back it because that's where we make our most like new fans mm-hmm. because we're literally playing in different areas so like that's very important for like new bands to, like you know stretch into different territories one us so i think that would have done yep. really well for the album but at the same time you know we the social media and like especially social media under these new circumstances of quarantine right. and lockdown and pandemic definitely opened up new airways for our music to be reaching other fans like you chris mm-hmm. and and other people so yeah it's a very you know you gotta it's a it's, it's a it's, it's, it's a weird thing it could it could go either way i like yeah I, but in i i my my answer definitely would be like i mean well i wouldn't say better but like <laughs> I, my preference would have been none of that happening right in the traditional in the traditional way of t- uh touring an album that's okay. yeah yeah absolutely i'm kind so, of the same yeah. way i've just been trying to like really embrace how influential and like useful the social just the internet in general is um mm-hmm. just be, mainly because uh we were all of our hands were kind of forced during that time like well, we can't go yeah. out and do things, so now we have to figure out. Luckily, we have the internet that we can even convey this stuff, like while we're trapped in our house. So, I it was cool. I w- it really excited me to see all these. Well, it sucked seeing all these bands struggle for a long time, but then oh, yeah, once of like Zoom started taking off and everybody started like spreading the news of like, hey, you can like live stream practices or you can like play shows and stream it to facebook or instagram or tiktok oh yeah that's i was really excited because i'm like oh shit like now i can like see my bands perform even if i'm not able to attend like i can buy a ticket and watch them wherever i'm stuck at and still be able to that's so crazy it's so crazy still now because i mean it's not as prevalent now just because like i mentioned like you know it's slowly but surely coming back but the time when I feel like during like um, almost immediately after it happened, we had the live streams yep. on social media and all that stuff. But then we got to big, big live stream concert productions mm-hmm. coming from really awesome artists. And um, they were so cool. And like they're still they exist. Yeah. So. Like people can still watch them. And it's just like a a time capsule into what the time in, in the industry was like, mm-hmm. because like, oh, people are like. Um, doing really cool stuff um, on all levels. Like I think I remember seeing Biba Doobie do like um, a really cool, um, a really cool live stream mm-hmm. uh, during like the middle of the pandemic. And there were like bigger artists, like um, obviously like Olive- I think Olivia Rodrigo did. I don't know if it was a live stream per se or more so like a polished live performance right. of like her recent, you know, um, popularity and whatnot. But Biba Doobie, uh, oh, Do- Do- like Doja Cat. I remember seeing yep. she did like a, a polished live stream. There was a thing that I was following. Um, I, I saw on Facebook last year. It was a thing called Slay at Home Fest. And they just got like 
all the band members that were like trapped inside they're like hey you you and you yeah. come play and like what song do you guys want to cover and they're like oh let's do Meshuggah cool. and so you get all these bands playing yeah. songs just at home it was cool it's so cool it was cool to see and it was also like so quick that like the in essentially the industry had to adapt to but also like the musicians like this is how I make my money how the fuck can I yeah, still yeah. do this and they're like oh well cameras and microphones and twitch streams and that's a like thing that. about yeah that's a thing about like not even just the music like sector but like entertainment as a whole mm -hmm. has so much like technology behind it and 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 you know people smart people i think that adaptability and flexibility is like kind of in our nature right. as like artists and, and musicians and whatnot so i think it worked out well considering the circumstances with the pandemic and whatnot um so i appreciate you coming on it was a lot of fun talking yeah, to you of course um yeah of course would you like to plug where can the people find and follow everything that is have a good season gotcha so we are on all the main social for uh socials we have insta twitter facebook um, um our music is on apple music um spotify of course and any music platform that you can stream music um and if you want to directly support us we also have a band camp that has any merch items and music that you can buy that goes directly to us um and it also has a link to all our socials and whatnot but i would say if you want to you know get to know us and join our community and whatnot um instagram uh, we're we're very prevalent on, and you can feel free to like message uh, message us about anything. But yeah, and then one of the last oh yeah, I gotta plug my stuff too. I always forget. So you can find us and follow us on social medias on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but I don't use it. So, um, but I believe it's Toon Junkies Pod or Toon Junkies Podcast. You can Google it. We're the only ones, so that makes it pretty simple. Um, if you would like to reach me though, personally, you can leave me alone, but if you must, if you must be involved with my life, you can follow me on TikTok at datboypit6 or on Instagram at Chris and Kitty. Um, and then one of the last things we like to do here is we like to, uh, I open up your Spotify, if that's what you use, unless it's Apple, which is fine too. Open mm -hmm. up whatever streaming service you use right, right, right. and tell us mm -hmm. what you've been listening to lately. Oh, okay. Yeah, what have you been listening to lately, personally? That's, all right, let me, let me, what have I been listening Saku! to? Saku! What have you been listening <laughs> to? Uh, my Saku playlist. Ooh, really that cool. sounds pretty dope. You should, a weekly yeah. Saku playlist. Monthly. Weekly is a real commitment. Yeah, monthly. I think we'll start Mon with monthly. <laughs> yeah. See how that goes. Maybe it'll turn into weekly. Um, So I have a nice cue list going on of, like, music i'm trying to fall back in love with or like trying to revisit but let me just read off some some albums that have been on that um i saw slaughter beach dog um recently so i've been listening to uh one of my favorites from them birdie uh so I'm, i'll just rattle off some 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 band names Go so slaughter beach dog dance gavin dance porter robinson can i ask you a question um, about dance gavin dance real quick sure are you do you have a favorite vocalist like what is your dance gavin dance mm. era Everybody has their I moment. um who who is the who is the person that was directly before Tillian? Uh Kurt Travis was it? 
Oh, Kurt Trap. Okay. Um, I really like I really like him. Um, and the stuff that he's on. But to be honest, I I've been a fan of Tillian, um, and and his work with them. And I will be seeing Dance Gavin Dance in October. Where are you gonna see um, him? So, uh, I'll be seeing them in Philly. Oh. With on this on the tour that doing they're doing for their album that came out in the pandemic. After but they're touring off of it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. after Um, I'm also I also have been listening to Fever Bridgers. Nice. Um, I I like most of the Olivia Rodrigo stuff. Yeah. I'm not like a like a hyper fan, but like ah, she writes really good tunes and they're super catchy. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's just a mixed bag of like of indie stuff. Um, uh, um, we got dance cat. What did I say? Dance cat and dance. Uh, yeah. like yeah, like um, Phoebe Bridgers, Slaughter Beach Thug. Uh, turn the new turnstile record is super cool. I did enjoy um, the new turnstile record as well. Yeah, super cool. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, because I'm getting ready to like see a bunch of like proggy stuff because dance the the tour for dance Gavin dance is like Polyphia, yeah, like um Wolf and Bear I think. Wolf and um, Bear, yeah. Uh, I've been listening to Animals as Leaders, especially the new single, uh, the new Between the Buried and Me stuff. Nice uh i wish i was seeing them on tour that they're doing right now um and plenty i've been revisiting um the recent plenty record nice um one of my favorites just so good but yeah i like to nerd out on a bunch of that kind of proggy goodness if uh yeah so recent earlier you mentioned that your favorite uh dance gavin dance vocalist was kurt travis do you know about a band called eternity forever Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, good. I followed the guitarist uh, Brandon, mm. who was in that project at the time. Yeah, super cool stuff, jazzy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Fusiony. I got so Ben Rosette to do an interview with me one time. No uh, way. Yeah, I, I've seen him playing Strawberry Girls too. Oh yeah, I haven't um, seen Strawberry Girls yet, but I really love, I really love them. Yeah, he's a sick musician. He's a producer as well. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, cool. But yeah, um, that's yeah, I, that's I kind of just randomly listen to a bunch of like i've been the one i've been like is i think is like i'm gonna dive into next is the porter robinson mix (laughs) yeah yeah just to get that you know whatever i mean i i just say like electronic music but like i edm kind of stuff dancey but do you like synthwave at all um it's like a, I don't know if this band the like I I like the Midnight I don't know if they're considered yes, yes. Like, is that yeah yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I love yes. the Midnight, I love the midnight. yeah okay then yes I love that hell yeah uh personally I've been listening to a lot of Have a Good Season I don't know if you've heard of this band but they're like they're pretty good um and then for some reason I don't know why I didn't know either I didn't know about this or it didn't click and I didn't follow through with it but. Haley Williams put out an album in February called Flowers for Vases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so in love with this album. Oh my god. Like her 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 pedals for armor stuff is so awesome. Yeah, like so, so awesome. I don't know how I knew more about pedals for armor. But I think oh, that's but because not the... I it was like gotcha. sold really being pushed on social media like during the pandemic. And so yes, maybe I was absolutely. just I was seeing it more. But I it was also see. her debut release. Oh yeah, that's true. Solo so it release definitely got more, more. So this one is second. There. This is her second album, bro. Under, under her solo, I, I'm, it's not, good. I'm not talking shit about uh, pedals for armor, 
But I definitely like flowers for vases way more than petals for armor. Mm, and I, they're definitely true. different. They're de- they're different monsters. But mm-hmm. I like flowers for vases. It's more singer songwriter, like just yeah, the old like '90s singer songwriter uh, that I grew up really loving. Like not necessarily the same thing, but like Alanis Morissette and oh Mark yeah, Brooks absolutely and, yeah. Are you like an Elliot Smith fan? Do you like Elliot Smith? I have never okay, so I know about the lore of Elliot Smith, and as of recently, his uh persona has been like i isn't there like some sort of anniversary coming up or like uh, they're repressing possibly. some of his albums or something because I've been seeing him a lot, and I haven't gotten into him yet, but I've heard a lot about him, and I think his sound is probably something I'm gonna like, but yeah. I also know he's like very sad. And I don't need that in my life right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get that's, out of this right now. You're preaching facts right now because <laughs> that, that's all true. I will say that you, if you dig like the singer songwriter kind yeah. of vibe of what you were just mentioning, mm-hmm. um, not that Elliot Smith is like um, exactly the same right. uh, with those, but he's um, under the umbrella of of the the umbrella and like I mean one of the quintessential like songwriters of like the I, I think the 90s um yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. era he really like took off in um i would i would i would definitely recommend for sure i'm just um, i'm in a weird spot so like i have been the emo kid most of my life like kind of depressed mm-hmm. and all that stuff and mm-hmm. like i'm starting to get to an age to where i'm starting to like settle and like learn how my brain works mm-hmm. but i'm also very um I hate to say this, but like suggestible. If I find an like music that I really like, I will mm-hmm. totally immerse myself in it, and I will become as sad as the music is, <laughs> just because I'm listening to it I and see, I'm like I see. forcing through it. And I'm like, I have to be right. very careful. If I'm yeah. in like a vulnerable spot emotionally, I have to be careful what I ingest because yeah. I will. Gotcha. I will stop talking to people for months because I'm like, gotcha. oh, I'm sad now. It's like, no, you listen to Elliot Smith and now you really mm-hmm. like him. You're not really mm-hmm. sad. <laughs> you right, just right, identify right. with what he was feeling. I see. I see. So yeah, there's a time and a place for for stuff like that for sure. But um, um, yeah, I would. I'm a big fan. We're all all of us in Hags are big fans of Elliot Smith. That was one of the things I had to be careful with. Uh, um, shapes I've never seen is you guys. You guys have kind of like. Um, a handful of very lovey songs, very loving, like... Oh, yeah. I respond to that, because then, like, I hear the song, I see the equation of the song, and it's directed... Mm -hmm. The end of the equation is a person. Sometimes I'll be like, who in my life can I put in this spot just to exaggerate so I can sing the song, like, fully? Uh. Oh, man, that's so cool to hear about how... I, I think I mentioned this early on about like the way the different ways people will interpret our music and mm-hmm. how they respond to it specifically. So, yeah, I really cool. I am very like consume it and churn it out and like how can I make it fit my life? Who in my life fits who the singer is singing to? Like who you're giving it meaning. Yeah, you're giving it your own personal mm-hmm. meaning. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Yeah, so but it's also a slippery slope. So listener, be careful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. So, awesome. um, we're gonna close out with a one of my favorite songs, "Shoulder Blades." Would you like to tell us a little bit about that before we head out? Sure. Yeah. Um. So, "Shoulder Blades" is actually a tune that I I spearheaded. Um. I wrote it. Um. All the most of the instrumentation mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't really speak too much about like what the song's specifically about, but right. as you can tell, you can just take a few listens to it and you'll know it's a pretty lovey-dovey song. It's mm. pretty much a love song. Yeah. Um, for whoever's special in your life, you can um, sing it to your cat if you want to. That yeah, it could be your best friend. It yeah. could be your your parents, your family, whoever, right? But um, yeah, we um, we all really liked the vibe of the song, and we wanted um, we wanted like the gang. We wanted all of us to be a part of it. So like, we had gang vocal ideas to us, so you can hear mm-hmm. that like in the bridge section. Um, and that's pretty. That's pretty much it about that tune. And just for I know it, you you know about like um so you know the band Chan yeah um right so I'm a big fan and bands like that. But um the after the bridge section into the harmony the double harmony or the two harmony guitar parts the riff there mm-hmm. not that it's it's not techy or super fast or anything. But we had a few friends that are in the same realm and they're like hey that that kind of like arpeggiated line riff and the harmony kind of reminds me of like chan in a way of like the core the 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 cool fusiony or jazzy chords that they use yeah um and i that really for me personally was a personal um check mark hell yeah we got compared yeah. to chan i'm making yeah. it mom i'm <laughs> fucking doing it i mean it. In, <laughs> in actuality like the compare there's probably like people probably won't be able to see it but like i'm telling you right now though like, all, right, all right um if you know about that uh, if you know about that band or whatever, you could probably hear some some cool chord regressions that that you could be you could see similarly in like a Chan song or something. So that's super cool. I'm but gonna yeah, have to remove a... myself from my lovey dovey disposition when I listen to that song, <laughs> so I can really be like, oh, there that Chan, it really is right there. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're all super proud of that one. Um, came together pretty pretty cool and pretty naturally, and yeah, it's a it's a pretty happy happy song. So oh, yeah. listen to it. When you're in a good mood. <laughs> or don't. Live your life however you want. You just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah, um, who cares? All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on again. It was super good to meet you. Um, Me I too. am really excited for a future tour and some place that I will be able to see you physically. So we'll I get you to sign this dope record. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, awesome. With that, here is Shoulder Blades. And this has been a Toon Junkies podcast. My name is Chris. And we'll see you on the next episode. Why does it always take so long for me to say I love you? Why do I feel like it's my fault when I'm not around you? Can't be myself now that you're gone. There's just something about you.
Show.